Welcome to Dad Up, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. I'm very excited for my next guest. Tyler Andrade has joined me on Dad Up. Tyler lives a blessed life as a multiple business owner in the fitness industry. His businesses include a fitness gym, a cryotherapy center, and apparel company. However, his life now wasn't always this blessed. Tyler grew up looking to be loved and accepted. His father was in prison and his mom was left to raise him while working multiple jobs to get by. Looking for that acceptance, Tyler started hanging around with the wrong people and began making poor choices. Gangs and drugs were part of those choices. All this because he was living in a fatherless home and just needed to feel loved and accepted by someone. Tyler ultimately turned his life around once his son was born. He shares more about this in the interview. This was a great conversation, and there are so many gems that Tyler drops that everyone needs to hear. Please welcome Tyler Andre to Data. Tyler, thank you very much for joining me on Data today. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to about hear, hearing about your dad experiences and also a little about what's going on with you and what has gone on with you uh, over your life. So um, it's an honor and privilege to have you on, brother. I'm excited. Thank you for this opportunity, and let's help some dads. Awesome. Um, for my listeners who don't know who you are, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of your backstory, uh, what um, kind of what you're doing now, and then also how many kids you have? Absolutely. I'll start with the easy stuff first, and then we'll hop in the backstory. My name is Tyler. I'm uh, an entrepreneur based out of Sacramento. I have a gym as well as a cryotherapy center, uh, and we are here to change the game when it comes to elite training facilities offered to trainers and the public. Uh, I have one son. He's 12. Uh, I just turned 31 and, you know, trying to live the dream as much as we can in 2020. Uh, as far as about myself, uh, the backstory, I'll touch on some key points real quick. Uh, I was born in Oakland. I was raised in a trailer park and at the age of three, uh, watched my dad, you know, struggle with alcoholism and wound up beating my mom right in front of me. Uh, he went off to prison for a very long time. And so being a nineties kid, my mother was working two jobs while I was left to walk home and kind of be that latchkey kid. So being a bigger kid, I always got into trouble and would run around with the older kids because I was always so big for my age. Mm-hmm. So I started getting into trouble very early on. I'm talking legitimately since kindergarten all the way to eighth grade. It was just a whirlwind of bad choices that ultimately led me to where I am today, but was real close to a lot of near death situations. I struggled with, I struggled with gangs. I struggled with narcotics. I struggled with acceptance. And so you put all those three into a melting pot and you have a kid who is pretty much going to subject himself to all kinds of vices to try to find a love that he didn't get. And you, you think that kind of stems from not having a father figure in your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Not having that male role model, especially from your dad. Yeah, I, I struggled not having, you know, that male figure to not only hold me accountable, but to there's certain, and I, and I mean this genuinely out of love of my heart, there's certain life lessons that your dad needs to teach you. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't fit correctly when it comes from your mother. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's a lot of strong women out there, but there's just certain things that need to come from your father. And there's a certain, you know, tone and message that your dad can give you 
that ultimately your mother can't and vice versa. There's certain things moms can do that us dads can't, which is a beautiful blend. Why, you know, it's great to have that team, but not having that team. It did. It left me wanting to be accepted by anybody. And so not being accepted or feeling accepted, I searched for it in all the wrong places. And did you find yourself uh, in and out of jail or were you able to, uh, you know, not have to go down that road? Thankfully, you know, a few things with juvenile hall, but never really long-term, but three group homes, three group homes for, you know, gang interventions, narcotic abuse. And those were, I, I would spend sometimes up to three months in a group home trying to get my life back on track, going through a rehab program. So it was eye-opening and to be, no joke at the age of, you know, 12 and 13, and you're in a group home with, you know, kids who are dealing with all kinds of demons, it really opens your eyes to, to a lot of stuff. Right. Now, what led you to, you know, what, what led you to change who you were to who you are today? So the big change, and it took a lot. So, you know, I, I had this big falling out in, in, you know, middle school and high school with gangs. At 18, I had my son. But what sparked it before that was I had such a negative reputation in the city that I was living in, in San Diego, that it followed me. And I was stabbed in my head, neck and stomach for my gang activity. And Mm. it ultimately opened up my mother's eyes as well. And she was like, we have to move. Like You've got to get out of San Diego, out of Southern California. And so the blessing that it was at the age of 18 I had my son. And so my son's mother is located in Sacramento as well. And so it was just a logical thing of like, well, go be your fear son because you never had, you never had that dad. So be the dad that you want to be. And that's what led me to come out here. Well, very cool. Now that's a huge transition for a young man, especially, uh, you know, going through the hard struggles that you went through kind of segueing into your dad role now you've got you know you're a young man 18 years old you have a brand new kid what you know what do you enjoy most now that he's 12 what have you enjoyed most about being a dad honestly just the fun memories right and just living vicariously through him in a healthy way not in you know some of these sports parents where you're like man like let your kid be a kid like he doesn't have to you know follow in your footsteps and live out your dreams prime example is and i love dirt bikes my son wants nothing to do with it. And, I, and I'm, I'm okay with that. His thing is football and basketball. So encouraging and fostering that creativity and that athleticism. Like, yeah, go out, compete in a healthy manner. Go out, chase your dreams, and, and let's see what happens from it. And let's see where it leads you in life. That, those are some of the biggest things. And honestly, I'm a big quality time person. You know, So some of the fun, the, the best memories and the most fun we have is sometimes just going on a walk and just talking and that normal father son relationship and how you doing and checking in on them. I love that a lot. Yeah. It's, it's um, super important. The communication is super important. The bonding time is critical, especially at the age that he's at. For sure. So what do you, what challenges you face? You got a preteen now, um, you kind of run a couple of businesses. Um, so I know there's some challenges there, but what do you face? There's quite a bit, you know, if we look at the spectrum of challenges, co-parenting is one. So his mother and I aren't together. So co-parenting, obviously the stress of businesses, especially in, in the economy that we're in now, you know, it, it's hard sometimes not to bring that stress home and then disengage and be like, okay, let me be all in 
with you right now when my mind starts of like, man, like how are we going to make it next month or what do we need to do to pivot? So those are some of the challenges. And then two, you know, a lot of us dads haven't really dealt with some of the childhood trauma. Let me just speak. There was times I never dealt with my childhood trauma. And so trying to be a dad and being in this leadership role and not truly fixing and making myself the best that I can be, I ultimately was hindering our relationship as well as him because, again, I wasn't leading him to my best ability. So you don't know how. Exactly. That's that's the prime thing. Not knowing how, not having a, a positive example, a lot of times, I was just left, you know, trying to figure it out on the whim. And it, it, like a lot of us do, but it wasn't healthy. And so some of the things that I was dealing with was, you know, being from, you know, this gang culture and, and dealing with, you know, the problems of not being accepted. There was times that I was cold, you know, and, and not even with my own son, not letting my guard down. And, and at times, it, it really would transpire into being that that dad that nobody wants to have, that like very stern and very like, do as I say, and you do it right now. And as he got older, like the, the discipline completely changed, you know, it's like as they were little, it was like those, and, I'm, and I mean it genuinely, like those small little spankings where it was like, let me just redirect your attention because you're not listening. And so then it was just now as he got older, it was like, why are we doing this? Like, where, where did that come from? What made you make that choice? But before we got to it, a lot of times it was just, it was just, I, I, and I mean to say it, sometimes it was just dominant. And, it, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it was like, again, that very stern type of father because I was ultimately operating out of fear and being scared to be vulnerable to him when he really needed that. Yeah, you're kind of learning along the way, right? Correct. I mean, the, correct. The, the, the things, the experiences you have to go off of are not only the experiences you had as a child, which are which are very few, if any, uh, having that father figure, but you have to kind of rely on the experiences of friends and 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 you know maybe family that you know that are dads um, that you can lean on for support, and that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast is for guys like you. Guys that don't don't didn't have that father figure or struggling in certain areas, listen to these podcasts. Um, you know, like mine in particular, it shows successful dads that are out there making a difference and also being a successful father. And that's the thing, you know, it, it is us guys can tend to be just old school, and we like to suffer in silence before we ever ask for help. When had we had asked for help, like maybe two or three months. Prior to our issue, it would have been solved a long time ago, but we internalize and internalize and internalize. And then you're like, why am I in this predicament? Well, ask for help. So that this is one of the, the biggest reasons that I'm extremely grateful to be on this podcast is to be able to give back and help those who aren't sure how to ask for help. Right. Exactly right. Well, I'm glad you're here. How have you used your experiences as a young struggling teen to teach your kid, your son about embracing challenges? Honestly, uh, just being very vulnerable, right? And asking him the question that sometimes I wish someone would have asked me, what are you dealing with? What are you struggling with? What's stressing you out? Are you dealing with peer pressure? You know, and, and his mother's in a really good position. She owns her own salon. And like we just said, I own my business. So the foundation has been set that this kid, with all due respect, is set up, set up better than a lot of kids, which is a grateful thing to be able to provide that. So 
what happens is, is he's not going to experience the things that I went through. And I'm grateful for that, but there are some things that almost kind of like, sometimes life has to hit you in the mouth for you to wake up and be like, mm, let me kind of get my act together. Right. And so what I'm curious for is, you know, this kid, he's a great kid, very respectful, has great morals. So his mother and I talk like, mm, where, where's the fallout and when's it going to happen, you know? And now this new learning situation that all of us parents are having to adapt to, it's no longer the traditional peer pressure or the traditional bullying. All of us parents now have to make this quick pivot of like, well, what are you dealing with and how are you struggling with school? And if you're bored, let's go play outside. It, it, it's gone completely elementary almost in some aspects of parenting. You know, you, you're right. You have to pivot. it. You have to figure it out. Um, and uh, you guys, you guys appear to have a good relationship, uh, co-parenting relationship, but there's going to be struggles. There's going to be things that come up over the years, especially as a preteen or a teenager, but it seems like you guys have it figured out. So good for you. Thank you. We, we know affirmations are important for kids. We know they're, they're important for, for ourselves. What, what do you think is the single most important affirmation you give to your son? Honestly, and I say it and I mean it, I'm proud of you. You know, and, and it just that alone, you know, can just completely change his mood. And just having that, you know, like you said, that affirmation of not only, but I'll be honest, you know, and, and you can see my pictures and my pictures might paint, you know, this, this mean, stern, but with him, I'm the biggest, softest, mushiest guy you'll ever meet when it comes to my son. And right. <laughs> I'm that, I'm that dad that's always. I love you. I love you. And I'll probably say it to him, no joke, like 10 times a day. And I'm sure he's like, man, stop. You know, but right. I just want to drive it home. Dude, I love you. There's, there's no doubt about it. I love you and I'll do anything for you. Yeah. Um, saying something like that, I'm proud of you to your, to your child is very powerful and very meaningful, um, especially when you're sincere about it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's, it, affirmations are so important. I have an affirmation that I've used with my older son, who's now 21. And I used it throughout his teenage years, um, his younger years and teenage years. And it's something to this day. I haven't used it since he's been an adult because he's an adult now. Um, but I know that if I said it to him today, he would know exactly his, what his response is. And what I used to say to him, as I used to say to him, you're a leader, you're a champion. And his response would always be, I'm the best in the world. I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I could say that to him today. I could go, Blake, you're a leader, you're a champion. And he would respond, I'm the best in the world. It's, it's, it's ingrained in him. So um, affirmations are important. So that's cool. I'm proud of you. It's great. I love you. It's awesome. Um, so you're doing, you're, you're doing well, Tyler. Thank you. Um, in your opinion, what qualities make up a good dad? I think some of the best dads are, are genuinely, they have a soft approach, you know, and more of a, a curiosity about their kids instead of like I was saying in the very beginning of who I used to be of you're going to do it my way or it's my way or the highway. Like I, it, these kids nowadays are so smart. They'll be like, nope, I'm just not going to listen. I'm going to tune you out and you, you and I are never going to have the bond you ever wanted. And so what makes a good quality is honestly one being able to listen. If you can listen to your child and they can actually tune in, like it's, it's, it's mind blowing that impact that you can have because then that's when you start planting the seeds and you start, you know, watering all of the goodness that you want your kids to have. So listening for sure, definitely a leader. Could you, 
your kids are going to watch you more than they're going to ultimately do anything, right? And so Mm -hmm. if you can have a great moral compass and you can actually say what you mean as well as back it up with legitimate action, one of the the best things I think it is is I didn't come into business until honestly we're coming up on four years. So, you know, three and a half years ago when I started, he just hit nine, you know, and so for him to be able to see my own progression as well as my own changes, then it completely changes him as well as like, well, my dad's making changes and he's having to level up and now look at the things he has. Maybe I should follow suit if I want something similar. Yeah, um, our words are great, but our ears are even better. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it said that you have two ears and one mouth, use them accordingly, right? Well, the sure. same applies for our kids. We have to listen to them. We have to hear them. Um, when they're talking, don't just talk over them. We need to hear what they're saying. But uh, the, uh, the other thing that applies is something that you hit, on, hit home on, and it's, and it's perfect, is that we have to show through our actions, right? And we can say we can say anything we want to them, but if we're not showing it through our actions because they are watching, um, then our our words hold no value. And I, I believe that. As a kid, I was the same way. You could tell me something, but I'm going to watch you first. And if your actions and words don't meet, I'm not doing it. That was just the right. stubbornness that I had. Right. What is one regret you have as a father? I think we all have regrets, but one of my biggest ones is. is was a little deep and a little dark for myself. And it didn't, you know, the impact and the end result could have completely changed his life. And that was, you know, had you and I talked on one of our previous conversations about the time that I tried to commit suicide in 2016. And in 2016, that's four years ago, that would, again, would have put him right at eight, right at that, like, real impressionable, like, really needs a father figure, and he's starting to kind of come into his own. So had I taken my life in 2016, someone else is now going to have to step up to the plate and fulfill my role, which will never really fit because they're not me. I'm grateful that I'm still here. And I'm grateful that, you know, the attempt didn't go as planned. I'm grateful that I'm able to have a second chance, but it's something that weighs on me heavy because heaven forbid, if the act went through with how it's supposed to go through, I wouldn't be here having this conversation with you or able to lead them in the way I need to lead them. Yeah. You know, we all do have regrets, and sometimes there are those regrets that we just, there's nothing we can do to, to fix it other than um, change the direction that we're going now. Um, and uh, sometimes those regrets happen to us on purpose, and we're, we're, they're, they're designed there to help us be better. They're designed there to, to, to change the direction of our life. So um, even though we have regrets and, and we don't, we wish we didn't, um, sometimes there are lessons that we have to learn from. For sure. I get that. I, I believe that. If I were to ask your son, tell me something about your dad, what would you hope your son would say about you? <laughs> I would hope he I would hope he would say that, you know, he's a great leader and he's a, a, a great, you know, motivator, but he's also one of the biggest kids I know. And and that to me is one of the best titles is again, I wanna be in the mix with him, having fun and being one of those dads that's always involved when I'm allowed to, right? Now at this age, it's like, mm, drop me off at the corner and I'll walk to school. No, you won't. <laughs> right. right. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, they're gonna, he, may, he may test you at that too. He may test yeah. you. <laughs> we had to make some pivots. It's no longer a hug and a kiss before school. Now it's just fist bumps and an I love you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the time will go fast. You have to enjoy every moment of it. 
Um, but uh, it sounds like you guys have a great bond. Thank you. Now, um, last question I like to ask all my dads. If you had the secret to raising good kids and you had to share it with me, what would that secret be to you, Father? I think, honestly, kind of just what I just said is, you know, the secret to raising good kids is to be a good kid yourself, you know, and, and having that sense of creativity, that imagination, that sense of adventure, and just ultimately exposing them to positive experiences, right? I think the more that we can do that and open up their perspective, the more it just ripples out success in other areas of their life. And that all comes back because as the father, we were taking them to, you know, their first baseball game in the stadium, their first football game, their first hike at Lake Tahoe, whatever it may be, whatever it is outside of four walls, because I think as dads, one of the biggest things we have to compete with now is social media, video games, and social peer pressure in all kinds of ways. And so if we can get them to disconnect from these media sources and just actually get back to the stuff that you and I came up on of like, let's have a camping trip. Let's go to the beach. Let's go to the boardwalk. Just those genuine time commitments where you and I, we're going to spend time together with no electronics. I think that's right. the ultimate uh, secret to success with your kids. Bonding time uh, builds relationships. Communication builds relationships. Love builds relationships. And somebody said to me the other day, actually, um, another guy that I had on and I loved it, he said he spells love, T-I-M-E. Uh, I like and, that. Yeah, it's really powerful and uh, it's, it's a great message to the dad. If my listeners wanted to look you up, Tyler, where could they learn a little bit more about you, you know, kind of about your businesses? And then also, what do you have going on this year that you're looking forward to? So like we were saying, I've got a big project coming up at Bejo's Coolian where I will be going back for a second time to compete in his Navy SEAL project that's called the MDK, the Modern Night Project. Um, and it's a 75-hour leadership focused that's paired with hard evolutions of workouts. It's a great thing. So uh, that comes up in November and I'm looking forward to that. And then honestly, uh, anyone can find me at my, so it's a little funny. My Instagram name is chunky underscore Tyrone or the business page is absolute underscore flex underscore appeal. There's some wonderful articles, some blogs, some insights. My thing is just wanting to give back and help those who are struggling. So if you, or one of those who are struggling, reach out and I'd love to help in any way I can. Awesome. Well, look, Tyler, it's been an honor and pleasure to have you on. I'm certainly glad I got to know you. I'm glad we became good friends. And um, I look forward to uh, speaking with you uh, more about uh, your dad experience and all that's going on with you. Thank you for your time. And thank you to all the dads that are listening. Thank you again to Tyler for talking with me on Dad Up. He certainly is taking his role as a dad very seriously and appreciating every moment he has with his son to mentor him and teach him lessons that were never taught to Tyler. Tyler certainly represents the Dad Up community very well. Thank you as always for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also so important that you share the show with others. The only way the show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing it. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Data Podcast. I read all your comments and questions and respond to them all. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Data. Up.